It has been, what, five weeks, six weeks, ten years? Anyway, it's Tuesday. It's Dynasty Theory. I'm John Bauer. You know I'm joined by Dan LaMagna. Dan, you and I have not talked in quite some time. And you prefer it that way, I think. I mean, it was really close going into this episode that I was not going to talk to you the entire episode and only talk to Mitch as, like, at one point last night, you dashed my playoff dreams in a league, beating me by, like, a po- less than a point, and then all of a sudden something changed in the scoring with Russ Wilson going backwards in the victory formation. I got the win, so I'm going to talk to you now, buddy. You know, nothing but love. And uh, great to be here, man. Great to see you guys. It's an exciting time. You know, fantasy football is really heating up for us in our dynasty leagues. I need two wins to make the playoffs in the Scott Fishbowl, so I've got to have a a good uh, week coming up. Let's go. Yeah, I think I might get in on points, surprisingly. I know that's a shocker. And I actually I lost two games this week. I mean, you could say it's because of other players, but I'm going to say it's because of those Russell Wilson kneel downs and JT in the chat said, this is ridiculous. These need to be counted as team yards, not individual yards. Like, you know, when, when you take a sack, it goes against the team Mm -hmm. total yards, same thing. So I could get behind that anyway. What's up, Mitch? (laughs) What's going on? Yeah. I don't want to talk about the Scott fishbowl because I drafted Justin Jefferson, uh, Pickett. And Pickens. So, yeah, my team, I don't think I'm going to win another game for the rest of the year. It's great. Oh, man. I see some folks in the chat. We got Greg. We got Holler from the Fantasy Effect team. Uh, that's, they'll be live uh, tomorrow. They've been live every Wednesday. They're the ones carrying us here on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel. There's a lot we want to talk about here. Week 10 in the books. Luckily, the thumbnail for tonight's episode, I just had to change it from week nine to week 10 because it was going to be a picture of Josh Dobbs last week as well. And it just so happens he went out, had another fantastic week. So let's talk about him. Mitch, you're taking a little sip over there. So Dan, Josh Dobbs. Is he the real deal? Is he that next journeyman? Uh, I'll claim him. One of my former Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, we're having a good season from a win-loss perspective. So, of course, I'm a Steeler fan again. But anyway, Josh Dobbs, Dan, what do you think? Man, you know, really fortunate when, uh, you know, he got traded to the Cardinals. And I spent a lot of fab in a lot of leagues, got a lot of shares. Wish I got more. You know, there are a couple of spots probably could have been more aggressive at that time, but definitely got some good shares. Getting a little, like, 2022 Geno Smith vibe. Definitely drinking the Kool-Aid. I placed my $5 bonus bet to win MVP on DraftKings. You know, I get the 5 bucks back if I lose, uh, so I can win 500 there. A little side note, I, got, I put 100 on Dak to win 1,025 as he's locked in. But, uh, man, you know, Josh Dobbs, like, fantasy-related, like, he is really coming together with that Vikings offense. Kevin O'Connell's doing a great job as play caller. Wes Phillips is the OC. We're all talking about Kevin O'Connell, but this, you know, maybe Wes Phillips could be the next head coach in the making there, what he's done. He's won a Super Bowl with the Rams. He's doing a great job with O'Connell in Minnesota. And they have worked magic with that offense. When you lose Kirk Cousins, they've had a shaky offensive line. You lose Justin Jefferson. And Dobbs, even before Minnesota, you look at the whole body of work. He's the number 10 quarterback in Dynasty, like, for the year. 
And he had no preseason with the cards. He had, you know, not even a cup of tea with the Vikings and he gets thrown into the Wolves. Uh, fifth overall in the last three weeks, third overall in the last two weeks. The, like the only knock maybe like is I would like a little job security for the future. And that's the only uncertain we don't know. And we'll get into some price points, but the price to acquire is certainly it's baked into that questionable job security. And Mitch, you know, there's a lot of teams, you know, you, you have a Kenny Pickett, you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. You had a, a Justin Fields. And I say you as a communal you. You have quarterbacks that have not necessarily been producing. And then you have this, you know, our, our beautiful, bald fantasy football savior in Josh Dobbs coming to the rescue. Like Dan mentioned, quarterback three over the last two weeks. Is it time to take him seriously? I think so. The <clears throat> the problem is, is just what's going to happen next year. That's what it's always going to boil down to. But for this year, I think he's a really good locked-in starter. He has had, I think he had like one game under 30 pass attempts all year. The majority of his games, he's giving you at least 40 rushing yards. I think he has four rushing touchdowns at this point. So he's a really, really safe quarterback to have. And Justin Jefferson is coming back soon. So when that happens... I really think Dobbs moves in. You know, we were singing the praises of Carr in the offseason. And, you know, just these other quarterbacks were like, Kenny Pickett can do something. Honestly, if I have to start start Dobbs right now or Brock Purdy, I'm going to start Dobbs. If I have to start one, that's who I'm doing. And it's not that I hate Purdy. It's just I think Dobbs is that safe of a fantasy quarterback right now. Yeah, it's it's certainly in a very nice situation you look at his the schedule the rest of the season, and it's a pretty favorable schedule for quarterback fantasy production. And even if he isn't giving you, you know, the elite passing metrics and measurables in his two weeks with the Minnesota Vikings, 110 rushing yards, two touchdowns. That uh, that's phenomenal in two weeks. Now, when he gets a little bit more familiar with the offense, whenever he starts to mesh with the weapons a little bit better, does that kind of go away? Because now we're getting a little bit more involvement in the passing game as opposed to running the ball. But you mentioned it, Mitch, Justin Jefferson potentially returning sooner rather than later. The Vikings keep winning. The question marks around Jefferson initially was, well, if this team can't win, what incentive is there for him to return whenever he doesn't have a contract in place? He is playing himself. Josh Dobbs is playing himself into that bridge contract situation and bridge or not. That's still to be decided with Geno Smith. But Dan, you mentioned that earlier. It really does feel, feel very similar. You have a quarterback that's been around the league a little bit, bouncing from destination to destination. He gets traded twice in the same year and he was okay in Arizona. You know, again, from uh, looking at passing metrics, he left a lot to be desired, but now you get him in a situation where he can succeed and you look at what he's been able to do. You know, Kirk cousins, I love Kirk cousins, but he is limited in the fact that, 
you know, the rushing upside. But if the offensive line is struggling, that kind of then reflects back on Kirk Cousins. But with Josh Dobbs, he's able to really move around the pocket. Not that, that Kirk Cousins doesn't have that pocket presence, but Josh Dobbs is able to make plays with his legs. And because of that, I is it crazy to think he's a top 12 quarterback rest of season? Yeah, that, that ability to move with your legs. One, in fantasy, you don't have to be the best quarterback. It's going to move you up a few notches just because those those points are, are gold. Number two, as you mentioned, it helps overcome some things. And I think Cousins was great. I mean, he could sling it. I love Cousins. was rooting for Cousins. But there were games where he goes through those patches or, you know, the, he can't overcome those O-line breakdowns. Uh, it's a little bit easier for Josh Dobbs. In the NFL, like, this is a league that needs quarterbacks. So if anything else, if for some reason Minnesota says, hey, we're going back to Cousins or we're not – and I don't even know if I get that feeling. I mean, Cousins isn't getting any younger. But if they did, I think there's going to be a buyer out there for Joshua Dobbs because we know there's some teams that need quarterbacks. And he has shown he could play in the pitch in Tennessee. He could do it with a not good roster in Arizona. And he could do it in Minnesota. That's three consecutive teams that he has showed I could be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. So I think he's. I think if you're trading for him or you're kind of hedging, I would give him a shot. And he's probably, I don't know if it's a stretch to say, the most intelligent quarterback yep. in the NFL. You know, you have NASA tweeting at him because of his uh, collegiate accolades and all that good stuff. So if there were a player to come in and be able to do that, it's such a short turnaround time with the Minnesota Vikings, it would be Josh Dobbs. You know, we're getting questions in the Discord constantly related to Josh Dobbs. And a lot of people, hey, should I just cash out? You know, if you were in this situation with Geno Smith, and I don't know if he is going to play out the same way, but it certainly looks promising two weeks in, and we don't want to jump the gun. But I've made some moves to acquire Josh Dobbs. I've passed on opportunities where I could cash out. I'm going to throw some trades at you guys as we go through so, you know, all the players tonight. And at this rate, surprise, surprise, we might get through three players. But let's get some trade uh, scenarios here. And these are trades that were completed. We pulled from DynastyDaddy.com. Uh, great free resource. Yeah, the trade database there, I talk about every single episode. I'm in there every single day. Anyway, Mitch, let's start with you. 12-team Superflex. This was start nine. Josh Dobbs. A 25 fourth, I don't want to leave any pieces out, and a 26 third or a 24 second and a 26 second. Dobbs very easily. Dobbs. See, and and so right there, like any 24 second, and that came up so many times. I'm I'm buying. Presumably it's gonna be a mid to late second in these situations, but also even if I'm not contending. And let's say, you know, well, then you get the curveball. Well, you're not contending, but you're adding these points to your roster. So you do have to be careful in that regard. But let's say all things equal. If I'm able to move somebody else's second that might be in a playoff situation, even if I'm not, and it's not going to kill my potential points, it's not going to move me from 101 to 105 or whatever the case may be, I'm still willing to make that move for Josh Dobbs. Uh, Dan, 12-team Superflex start 11. Josh Dobbs or DeAndre Swift? That's a trade. 
Josh Dobbs. I'm seeing the value in the, those leagues now of having those two quarterbacks. We got some buys coming up too. Uh, give me Josh Dobbs. Woo! Uh, B. Hart. He sees Dobbs as likely the next Ooh, Taylor Heineke. Ouch, but, 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 so but. he's the starting quarterback in Atlanta. Okay. I'm actually okay with that. But, yeah. but, but listen, l- l- listen here. Listen, listen here, see. Listen. I don't, why did I say listen here? Who am I? Oh, listen here, see. Uh, I feel like I need a cigar or something. But look at the price that, that Taylor Heineke is being moved at in leagues and, it's teetering on that that very late second value, you know. Maybe not now after the the last game, but prior, you know, a pair of thirds, I'd move that for him. So we're, I think you're buying into Josh Dobbs with a little bit more ceiling, uh, a little bit more. We've already seen more from Josh Dobbs in two weeks than we saw from Taylor Heineke, even his best days in Washington. Yep, you know. Uh, especially if Josh Dobbs can lead this team down a path, they continue to win. Uh, let's see. Stranded says I sold Dobbs before this week and regret it. Feel like he's earned a chance to start somewhere next season. And then we're calling for Atlanta. <laughs> All right. So Deandre Swift, I think in the right situation, the perfect storm with your teams, that could be uh, a very interesting one. You're both taking Dobbs. Are there any situations you don't take Dobbs? You're okay at quarterback? I'd have to be very hurting at running back in order to want Swift there. Dan? Super hurting. Yeah. Uh, like I'd rather try to find some other scenario at running back, which has been more manageable to do this season uh, than trying to find a quarterback, which has not well, been so easy Look to at do. Swift's like last four games as well. I mean – they're kind of getting away from the whole running first because uh, Hertz is doing really well again compared to early in the season. He was hurting them a little bit. He was hurting them a little bit. I would go DeAndre Swift for the record. I would go DeAndre Swift. And then this last one, 12 team super flex start nine, Mitch, Josh Dobbs or 25 first. 25 first. 25 first. I agree. I th- for me that was that was the easiest. That was the one that even if I need a quarterback, I'll find I, else. <laughs> I venture down because yes, he is giving you the production, but again, that typically is not the price that you're seeing. Maybe that one is a little bit more of the outlier, but then DeAndre Swift, he's right around the value of a 25 first. Jay Jay Hall, first easy for me. B Hart, you're with me. You'd have gone Swift. And then I just see an Udan. Whatever that is in regards to, I second that message. I, I don't think he liked that. That Udan was from before when I think it was Dobbs over Swift and really liking him and not 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 buying that Heineke comparison there. I, th- I think there's more to Dobbs than there was to Heineke. So I have Dobbs right around that mid 24 second value, random 25 second. Now, I will say, if I'm in a situation and you know, I'm trying to look at some quarterbacks here for one re- Maybe I did Deshaun Watson, and he just isn't, you know, producing the way we would like. I had an Anthony Richardson. Uh, I, ha- I have a Trevor Lawrence, okay? And I'm sitting there still 8-2, and 9-1, and, and I happen to have an extra second, and it's 
Dan's second and he's 0 and 10, I I probably do end up moving that in a very specific situation. But I again I'm still trying to maybe package up a few other pieces and look to explore other ways, maybe adding up to the value, but not necessarily that piece in and of itself. Do you top 20 quarterback for dynasty Josh Dobbs? No, no, not for me. Not for me. either. Not, not, not today. Do you think in a couple weeks it could be Josh jobs, Josh jobs, Josh Dobbs or Jordan love. Love's been playing good. No, I'll probably see Jordan Love there. I don't believe in Jordan Love. My problem again with Josh Dobbs is he, we don't have the job security. Yeah. But after the season, if he gets signed a contract and he's going to be the starter somewhere, I think he is top 20. It's very, very close. I, I think, again, I think it's the Geno Smith path. He's coming at quarterback 23 right now, is a little bit higher when the season started. He hasn't really performed the way we were hoping. And hopefully that they turn the corner there the last game against Washington. But and, and what if the Vikings are the one that resigns him and he's tied to Justin Jefferson for three years? You got Jefferson. Attractive. You got Hawk. You got Addison. What if Justin Jefferson says I'm not ex- I'm not signing an extension unless <laughs> my sure. man Dobbs I'm is sure. the quarterback? Watch the value spike, right? <laughs> anyway, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so you look at dynastydaddy.com and in the trade database uh Jeremy has a really cool heat map right and it shows it shows as you can see I'm dilly-dallying here the most keeping, the keeping most on pace for one player per show yeah the most traded players okay <laughs> <Very important. laughs> the bigger the dot the bigger the dot, the more trades. You want to know why we're spending time talking about Josh Dobbs? Look at, look at how big that dot is. 1,277 right. trades in the last seven days. And then you see this Taylor Heineke dot. That's a pretty big dot. Ironically, Heineke's in the conversation, huh? 580 <laughs> trades. So you, you want to give me a hard time? Fine. <laughs> And I don't like how this, you know, we're always a proud partner of DLF, but this DLF logo is hiding. <laughs> it's the, taking you I over. I think it's perfectly placed, to be honest with you. <laughs> that, that was nice placement. Yeah. <laughs> right over my face. All right. Well, that was not a fast segment. But speaking of fast, Keaton Mitchell. Oh, oh man. That, that segue was a stretch. Keaton Mitchell. Mitch. Yep. What do you think here? Crowded backfield, a lot of eh, players in Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. I don't think it's very crowded, to be honest with you. It's it's Gus Edwards' backfield right now. Uh, Keith Mitchell's getting like 20% of the snaps as a running back. I mean, that's great, but he's still getting out-snapped by Justice Hill. Even after like these two weeks, he's been awesome. He's still getting out-snapped by Justice Hill. So, look, here's my thing. People love to compare him to A-Chain. A-Chain will get receiving work with the Dolphins. Keaton Mitchell is not going to get receiving work with the Ravens. It's just Lamar does not throw to his running backs. And so then you are counting on then. He has 12 rushing attempts on the year. And I mean, two of them were amazing. 
He's just not getting the opportunity that you need for him to really excel. So while he's an amazing, you hate to say it, but he's like a best ball darling, right? To where, yeah, maybe he will get you that 50 yards and a touchdown every once in a while. But I'm not coming close. I don't even know what his value is right now, but I could guarantee I'm not coming close to that value on anything. Now, let me ask you, you talk about the explosiveness, and that's certainly the case. We know it. Uh-huh. I, any chance I get, I bring up my little blurb from pre-combine, and I said there's going to be one running back that's a little bit lower in rankings that's going to pop because of what he can do at the combine. And Keaton Mitchell was that guy, and it was that blazing speed, the blazing 40. All right? He so, yes. pop, though. Right? He got drafted so high because of his combine. But this is this is the value in my heart. Oh, oh, oh! I see what you're going with there. My bad, my bad. Come on, sorry. Uh, But yes, in two games, the two most recent games with the Ravens, twelve attempts, nineteen percent and thirty three percent of running back rushing market share, minimal receiving upside. But what happens right away from a value perspective if he goes out there this week and he gets twelve to fifteen carries, and he gets. 40 yards based off those. If you want to be a negative Nancy. No, I'm just saying, like, are we saying that like all of a sudden he's going to go, you know, 15 rushes and he's going to get like 130 yards. Can it happen? Yes. Can he be a Devon eight chain type? Yes. I just think that it's not very likely for it to happen. So for top out likelihood, yes, he goes out there and gets 15 rush attempts on an Island game this Thursday, his value is going to go up. He can also go out there to have a 25% rush share and get you 14 yards, and then his value isn't going up at all. Dan, where are you here? Be, listen, before the show earlier today, Mitch said, guys, listen, I, I, I had to go into work. Uh, you know, it's uh, rough when that happens. Uh, wait, I. I was thinking today was Monday for a second because I was, I was like, oh, you went in on a Sunday. Maybe I'm the loopy one. But he says, guys, I barely slept last night. I'm, I'm going to be a little loopy. And little did we know he's going to be very irritable, Dan. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a little down right now, man. And I, I can see your point here, JB. I'm probably in between both of your stances. I think I'm Mitchell. I, I think after I give just – Little analysis. My question would be, what is the question? You know, what, what, when we get into value – he was, I, I see Miles High sharing some uh, information. Miles High was on my uh, unboxing podcast there and was was talking about that trade. So good job, big guy. Happy uh, you're, you're playoff bound. I um, I liked Keaton Mitchell in the preseason. He was, you know, I'm a sicko, so he was the DFS preseason. Darling and Keaton Mitchell was in my lineups, but he, he flashed then, and I think he is taking advantage of his opportunity now. I question the state of the running back position. If you just look at these last two weeks, he's had nine carries and three carries for a 20 and a 13 point game. And he was the seventh best running back over the last two weeks. So, oh my, the state of the running back position. I think the Bengals run defense is bad. So JB, there's a good chance he might get a little extra burn and break a couple of them. And you might see, Hey, three weeks in a row of scoring, everyone getting a little bit excited. But I worry for this season because, okay, maybe he does good again in week 12 versus the Chargers, but then he he kills you on a bye week, week 13, and it starts getting a little tougher to run. You know, Rams, so-so, Jags are making you beat them in the air, which you can do, but they they do everything they can to stop the, the run. And then the Niners in week 16, that's brutal. So, and he's still 5'8". 
you know, you know so where, where are we going with this long term? Gus Bus is still the guy. I think that's the other piece. Gus has looked very good. Um, you know, maybe he, he sneaks into Justice Hill a bit. I, I would not be surprised at that. This is a Baltimore offense that has got to find some explosive plays. And if you're looking to do that, you are scripting some plays for Ke- Keaton Mitchell this week versus the Bengals. Yeah, you, you talk about explosive plays. He's got the big home run play potential, right? 172 rushing yards, an unsustainable 17% touchdown rate. When we go through our projections every year, Mitch, and we look at running backs, maybe you get somebody that's like up to 5%. Yep. Maybe. So is Mitchell going to keep this up? No. Do we hope it leads to more volume? That is the hope. And, you know, I think actually I, I can see from trades that have gone through, the value is right around that late 24 second. And I know that probably sounds a little bit high, but what running backs are we realistically getting for that late 24 second today? Yeah. And, and I know when I look at a lot of my dynasty rosters, I need running backs. Like I, I might even competitive rosters, you know, yeah, yeah, there's not much depth. So to give me a running back option with two more, three more weeks of buys coming up that are very critical. I wouldn't mind having him in my rotation. Dan, would you pay your second if you're contending? You know me and trade and draft picks. As long as it's a late second. If I'm contending, so it is going to be a late second, most likely, I would give that up to give Keaton Mitchell. Unless I was totally loaded at RB, JB. Then I might I would hang on to it. It would it would depend on my running back situation. If it is thin, I would give that second up if I'm loaded now. Stranded in the chat says James Conner. I if I can get him for a late second, yeah. You know, I keep making the the Thanksgiving Day Thanksgiving joke, but I, I'd be gobbling up those shares. If you're a playoff team and you think you're a very good playoff team right now, and Keaton Mitchell is helping your starting lineup, probably not a very good playoff team. Just but Mitch, some of those rosters have two stud quarterbacks, very yeah. deep receivers, very good tight ends in a premium league, and. I want to win, and maybe JB's roster is looking very comparable to me in the postseason. I want to make sure I can boost bolster up my running back position. That might be the only thing left to bolster up on my roster. Trade for someone better. That was if I could, but not everyone wants to give up a running back. Well, you got to think too. You you eliminate potentially half of your potential trade partners off the bat if you're looking to move a pick. It's true. I mean. I, I wish it were an open market and this is the value and you can just go out and get it because that's the value, but you still need that willing trade partner. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, 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 what are we talking about here, guys? I don't know. I'm not really sure where we were going to be honest. Cause I mean, what, what, what better running back are you going to get with that second pick? Let's second look pick. at John's tears. Yeah, I would take Jalen Warren over him. I would take AJ Dillon over him. I would take Algier over him. Not Zach Moss, not Tank Bigsby. Miles Sanders is dust. Manual trades a second for Miles Sanders. They have serious issues. But Gus Edwards on a heartbeat. Um, Chuba Hubbard, I'd take over him. Wouldn't take Pierce. Wouldn't take Hunt. Roshan, I could see doing that. Singletary, I would have Singletary over here. Not Roshan right if you're trying to win this year. He's not getting the... the yeah, I think with Justin Fields, I'll change up a little bit. 
But yeah, I'm just saying there's a lot of guys in that area I would willing to take I'd be more willing to take over Keaton Mitchell. If he could get them. Price. If he could get yes. them. So you you would have Keaton Mitchell then in that third value. Yes. For a twenty four third. Do I have to ask if you have Keaton Mitchell? Are you moving him for I do actually have him in one league. I do. Am I am I in it? No, you're not. <laughs> Dang! Actually, I know I have him in more leagues, but I just looked on Sleeper real quick because it's so easy to pull it up. But I do yeah. have him in the league there. Uh, I, I see the question from Mile High, and I'm not ignoring it. A lot of the conversations tonight uh, centered around obviously different players that have performed over the last couple weeks, but then incorporating maybe their their rest of season schedule. I the so the question if you're just listening to the show. Uh, who would be a good target running back I get with a third that has a good playoff schedule. I want to dig into the playoff schedules a little bit more. That actually was a request from Jung as well in our great Discord community. So next week, and yeah, you're getting us guaranteed two weeks in a row, alert the media. Uh, we will certainly be hitting some of those playoff targets, maybe guys that we'd be looking to acquire or move off of because of the playoff schedule. And if you can get a similarly valued asset or, or look to pivot, not just a trade just to get out from them, but a strategic trade. So uh, Keith Mitchell is going to be interesting. Uh, now, let me let me say, like, I think I have 10 shares or so. If you offer me a second, he's gone. In 12-team Superflex Leagues, He's gone. <laughs> well, listen. I love it, how John has to do that every single time. There's no, it has to be a 12-team Superflex. Because one of our lovely, loyal patrons baited me. No. Okay? He did exactly what you said. <laughs> and you almost weren't going to do it. And then he even gave you an extra pick just to make it, you know, a little well, bit. Well, 14-teams swung it a little bit. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> if you're contending, JB... And you need help at running back, and you can't get the Jalen Warrens that Mitch is talking about. Do you move that late second for him for help? That was my one scenario. Yeah, that uh, if I've explored other options, and I know, let's say it's a quiet league, and and there's seven, eight teams battling for playoff spots, leaves me just a couple of viable trade partners. I, with the number of teams I have, I would yes, I I would move. A late, what I thought was a late second for him. Yes, would I, I sell for seconds in other situations? Absolutely, as well. Yep. yep. So I mean that that I have him at a late twenty-four second value. I would love to package up something with a third. You know, could I do a? I, I don't know, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, and a third. And, and maybe maybe Mitch prefers Jaleel. Can I do a Pierre Strong, a Keontae Ingram, and a third? If if a Rico Dowdle, I, I don't know, just a, a crapshoot running back. Not Rico Dowdle. He's going to be worth a first here in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so there are several trades that are for 24-second. 12-team Superflex, no tight end premium. Mitch, would you move Keaton Mitchell for Jake Ferguson? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jake. Would, he's a he's a stud. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even absolutely. in a non-tight end premium, absolutely. There's there's more situations that I would certainly be more. I would be more intrigued by Jake Ferguson. All right, sixteen team super flex start 
eight. So you got 128 starters. Mitch Keaton, Conklin, and a 25 second, no tight end premium. Or James Cook. James Cook. James Cook. If that's a tight end premium league, is that swinging at all? James Cook. Conklin ain't doing too much for me, to be honest. In tight end premium, he's not? If I was desperate I, at tight end, I'd consider. Look, if I'm desperate I, I, I enough to be playing him this time of year, then I I need to be making some moves. Dude, he has Dude. 13 catches for 136 yards over his last two games. That's good. That's really good. I have no faith in Zach Wilson continuing that for multiple weeks. Oh, man. We're talking 16 team leagues here, and Mitch has the audacity it's 120 to, players. It's a 12-team league. To we can call it 16 all we want. It's a 12-team <laughs> league. Yeah, start eight was interesting. All right. Uh, Keaton Mitchell or Zach Charbonnet? Wow. Zach Charbonnet. Yep. Still with Zach. Yeah, me too. So I, I think uh, a lot of trades here where the value is above where I have him. And clearly... After you killing me for the last 10 minutes, we're agreeing on all these trades. No, no, no. I, I'm just here to ask the questions. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Again, you're, you're tired. You're irritable. You're not thinking right, Mitch. <laughs> it's all my fault. All right, so Keaton Mitchell, we'll see if his blazing speed can keep things afloat for him and he gets a little bit more volume moving forward. Tank Ooh. Dell. Ooh. Our, guy, our guys on Fantasy Effect, they covered this well last week. Talking about the tank, thirty-five percent and twenty-eight percent target share per route run over the last two weeks. He is finding success in the slot and out wide. This past week, he was out wide eighty-eight percent of the time. Third most unrealized air yards in Week Ten. What does that mean? Unrealized air yards, getting opportunities down the field they weren't able to cash in on, but he is still scoring fantasy points. So that, in addition to these opportunities that are still available for him. Third most unrealized air yards in week 10, tied for the most in week nine. He has great fantasy matchups rest of the way here. The volume is there. CJ Stroud and the Texans are throwing at a rate ninth highest across the NFL. So Tank Dell, you know, share share your thoughts while I throw the trades at you guys. Dan, Tank Dell or a 24 first in a 12-team super flex Start nine. 1.5 PPR for tight ends as well. I'd still rather the 20. As much as I love Tank Dell and I can't wait to talk about him, 24 first. Give me that first because I, I definitely have many guys that project higher than Tank Dell. Yeah, I agree. That's the hard thing. I mean, for me, it's not even Tank Dell. It's I want anybody who's playing with C.J. Stroud. Whether it's Noah Brown right now or Schultz, I don't care who it is. I want players that CJ Stroud is going to throw to because I think we always talk about quarterbacks. We want to elevate players around them, right? CJ Stroud's a dude that does that. So I love him since Tank Dell is going to be with him for the next three years. Um, I can't quite do the first, but if it's the 201, I will trade my 201. I mean, I don't, I'm not competing, so I probably wouldn't trade my 201, right? But in perfect world, I have the 201. I'm competing. I will trade that for Tank Dell immediately. What about Tank Dell? Tank Dell in a 24 second. 
or DK Metcalf? Oh my heart. Are you losing any immediate production? Are you getting the insulated value with the extra pick? You're not, but one's five eight and the other one's six four. I mean, it's like hard hey, when you look at it, be like, you know what? Take Dell no, is probably the right answer. There's I no asterisk like on it. fantasy points. I don't care I how. Know. But the my point is that's a, that's a fair question as things stand today, and I I think the value that that's pretty close to spot on. Yeah, I, I'm in a trading mood tonight, JB. So I, I think I go with Dell in that second. You know, even though we, we, I have little concerns of Dell getting banged up. We've seen that a little bit this year. We talk about his size, but DK Metcalf gets banged up just as much as Tank Dell. So, from a health perspective, I think DK uh, it becomes a wash. Mitch, you have Tank Dell. Let's say it makes sense for your roster. What type of plus do you need added to Calvin Ridley to trade away Tank Dell? No, oh, nothing. You trade him straight up. Yeah. With Calvin Ridley for the Calvin Ridley, give me Tank Dell, baby, straight up. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll even. What? Are... Oh, did I hear it backwards? What do you need added to Calvin Ridley to move your Tank Dell? Something worth Tank Dell. A, a good, a good player, JB. That's close <laughs> to Tank Dell because yeah. Ridley, Ridley's not even on my map. Whatever right Tank now. Dell's value is, and Calvin Ridley, then I will trade Tank Dell. <laughs> What about, seriously, though, like Calvin Ridley just doesn't move the needle for me anymore. What about Same. Calvin Ridley? 12-team super flex, start 10, 2 PPR for tight ends. Calvin Ridley and Kate Otten or Tank, Tank Dell? Tank. Tank Dell, baby. All right. Calvin Ridley. Oh, Mitch. John. Calvin Ridley and Gabe Davis or oh, Tank that's Dell? that's not fair. I'll t- I'm going to go with Tank, though. I'm going Gabe. I'll be miserable with Gabe and Ridley on my roster every week, yeah. not knowing what the heck You're right, expect, though. What it's expect Gabe. from him. Yeah, uh, Dan's right. And I think Mitch made a great point before, too, being tied to CJ Stroud, man. Like, I just, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now on that offense, on that quarterback, the, what they're doing. Bobby Slowick as our offensive coordinator who was plucked from the Niners last year. I mean – he is creative. I mean, watch them this week with Nico Collins out and just seeing what they're doing with Noah Brown. And I saw what Kellen Moore could do with Noah Brown for years with Dallas. And it was yep. nothing like I'm seeing in, in, in these last few weeks. And and Tank's a lot better than Noah Brown. So, man, g- give me that all day. And, and that's the thing with Metcalf. Like, I love I love Metcalf. But we're, we're seeing it with Seattle. You know, there's some concerns creeping up with Geno Smith. You never know which receiver is going to get the ball this week. We never know what Geno and passing game is going to show up this week. Houston's in that. They're entering that conversation of offenses that every week they are just fantasy juggernauts. You are going to get production week in and week out. Dan's right. Like, I was hesitant on the Stroud thing. Like, I loved him. Talked about previous weeks how much I liked him, right? But this was the first big road test going to Cincinnati. They go there and they do great. Like, absolutely, the offense is fine the entire time. So once I saw that, I'm like, okay, I don't care anymore. We're good to go. Okay. So Tank Dell right now, he's trading at wide receiver 25 value. 69th overall. Yep. Uh, Tank Dell or Terry McLaurin, John? Tank Dell. I'll t- given the choice, I will take Tank Dell. Uh, 
you know, it, it, it certainly will be interesting whenever we get, I, I think Noah Brown kind of takes the backseat a little bit, obviously, whenever yeah. Nico Collins is back, you have Dalton Schultz, who's been heavily involved. And what's really going to be interesting for me is how they approach this running back room with Damian Pierce back. But Devin Singletary gave them the most production by far they've seen this year. Now, granted, he Devin Singletary didn't look great two weeks ago. But this past week, you look at those numbers, and luckily I was forced into starting him, and it was a very pleasant surprise. All right, I got a tight end I want to talk about here. It's all you, man. You've been high on him forever. He's been a hot commodity here. 2.39 yards per route run. That's number two across the NFL, only behind Taylor Swift's boo, Travis Kelsey. Three full games without Zach Ertz. Trey McBride. 39%, 25%, and 32% target share per route run, respectively. Second most air yards of the season in Week 10. So it's always kind of, eh, whenever a new quarterback comes, how are they really going to mesh? We didn't really see Trey McBride and Kyler do too much together last year. Grant Zach Ertz was there. But it didn't seem like Kyler Murray was shying away from Trey McBride. And the end of the game, the, the big throw that Kyler made, it was Trey McBride 30-some yards down the field, 40 yards down the field. And when he threw that ball, I was like, oh, there's some receivers down there. No, it was his tight end that he trusted in such a critical spot. Tight end three per game since Zach Ertz has been out, only behind Hawk and George Kittle. And he has plus matchups the rest of the year outside of Pittsburgh and San Francisco. So Trey McBride, he needs to be treated as a top 12 dynasty tight end. Uh, you know, I have him in the eight to 10 tier right now. And you, if, if you said you had him in that seven spot, maybe I don't think I could argue with you. So, sorry, I, I had a cough real quick there, but that, no, I think no. you're right. You know, you were, you were high on him from the get go. I was a little bit hesitant when Zach Ertz was there and I'm the one that was wrong. Um, yeah, but listen, I was high on him from the get go. Uh-huh. But I had to watch that value plummet. A a little bit. The crazy thing with tight ends now, how many good young tight ends do we have? We have Laporta. We have Kincaid. We have McBride. Uh, Musgrave has shown some some flashes. Exactly. And forever we just had the elder statesmen there, right? They were just holding it down. But now we have these young guys coming on. I'm really excited to see what that does to... Andrew's value because Andrew's was Andrew's because there was nobody else. And now there's others. Is Kelsey going to remain hot, you know, highly valued now that he's, he's producing. He's awesome as he's always been, but now we have younger guys that are just right under him. So I don't think we see like Travis Kelsey and everybody else. Now there's a good top six, top seven guys that each week you're walking in feeling like you have an advantage at that position. Yeah, uh, Trey McBride coming in, he gave you that profile. He gave you that pedigree, the second-round draft capital. He gave you the uh, the high touchdown market share, uh, the the uh, yards per team pass attempt, all that good stuff. He, he checked all the boxes from a measurable perspective. And finally, he is paying dividends. Luckily, I still have a good amount of shares. I wish I would have bought a little bit more and invested heavier whenever the – the value was low, but at the age of 23 and what he's done over the last three weeks, and especially on a per route run basis over the course of the whole season, 
all systems go. Yeah. yeah JB, I'm with you. Just wishing, you know, it was more aggressive in that tight end front. You know, I look, I'm, you know, starting to get to that point here and entering week 11 where I'm reflecting back on the dynasty season already. And I'm thinking, all right, hey, you know, we did a lot of good things. But one thing I myself could have done better in the tight end market, I was heavy going after McCade, uh, Kincaid from preseason to now. I never stopped and I got myself some some decent shares. There were some owners that for good reason were not willing to get off them, even if I offered to overpay. Um, but once, you know, that Kincaid piece was over, the Jake Ferguson's, the Trey McBride's, the Luke Musgraves. And, I, and I, man, I just got greedy a little bit earlier in the year. You know, you're trying to hold value on the Chigs and the Jawan Johnsons and these bums that are just like, they're washed right now. And you watch McBride show 35 and 29 point days in the last three weeks. And watching that game too, man, all that black face paint. And then like, he's a warrior out there. He is a baller that I think is going to be fun to watch for a long time. So I wish I was more aggressive on those guys. I'm going to, probably you know swing for the fences in the next couple of weeks just to try to get some of those young tight ends because mitch is right man like andrews is i still love mark andrews but losing a little luster with all the the, the ball being spread around like it is and kelsey's gonna be a year older again and kyle pitts is still in atlanta so you know it's nice to have this nice swarm of young tight ends that are available let's get into some fun trades mitch 12-team Superflex, only 1.5 PPR for tight ends. Typically, we play in two PPR. But Trey McBride or 25 first? Trey McBride. That first is far enough away. At 1.5, I'll take the first. In 1.5, I also take the first. Two PPR, I'll take Trey McBride. Agreed. Dan, Trey McBride, Traylon Burks in a third. This is in 1.75 PPR or Devontae Smith. He says, two, what was the PPR? 1.75. So you're a little closer to that 2.0. I'll go with Burks, the draft pick, and McBride. Because a point two five points. So maybe like one more point a week. I'm going to Devontae Smith. I will also go Devontae Smith. I've gone against my guy <laughs> both times here. I'm uh, a Cowboys fan. He gets docked points for being an Eagle, Devontae Smith. That's fair. Mitch, McBride, and we mentioned him earlier, Josh Dobbs, uh-huh. or Kyle Pitts. Oh, why? Well, dude, I don't want to say it on the air, but it's not Kyle Pitts. <laughs> like, it's not. Like, I'm sorry. But that's, a good, that's a good one. Yeah. There have actually been some straight-up trades, McBride, for Pitts. Yeah, I don't think I – like, it's one to where I don't know if I could hit the accept just because I want to be stubborn enough on Pitts still. But the answer is not Kyle Pitts. Yeah, you throw in Dobbs, that's that's glorious. I I would go McBride there. Same. Yeah, I – you know, I, I'm going through and looking at some teams throughout the standings in my leagues – And I've come across a few teams that have several tight ends on their roster. And in two PPR, those might be the opportunities. Now, again, is now the time to go buy Trey McBride at what you perceive to be a discount? No, it's probably not going to happen. But I think the actionable takeaway here in two PPR or a a league where you have to start more than one tight end the question is going to be, do I cash out on Trey McBride? And I think the answer is no. Agreed. 
So I think that's a little bit more actionable than, hey, can I buy for this? Because there's not going to be many buy low opportunities because he's been going absolutely nuts. And we know how hard it is to get that. That's what we look for. So when you finally get the young tight end that has good volume and is scoring, you're set. Uh, All right. With the time here, let's go one more player. And it's one that I've wanted to talk about. Mitch, I hope it's the one that I want to talk about, too. Is it Tony Pollard? It is not. Ah, uh, well, let's talk about Tony Pollard, and then we'll talk about Trevor Lawrence. You kind of cluster about... these guys, Clay, even cluster Lawrence and Ridley together no, as a Jackson. Really, I just want Dan to apologize to me for him <laughs> throwing the flag on me saying Trevor Lawrence is never going to be a top eight dynasty quarterback. Dan got mad at me, and all I want never? Dan to say is maybe that was an incorrect throw of the flag. That's it. it. Isn't it a little early to say never, though? No, it could, it could be really a Jacksonville not. issue as much as it is a Trevor Lawrence issue right now. I honestly, they need to get away from Press Taylor calling plays. Well, what if it's Trevor Lawrence? It's like they, I, I don't think it's Trevor Lawrence. I'd say the combination of the OC and maybe needing some receiver hope. Dude has two game, two two touchdown games this year. They both are against Indy. He has one game over 300 yards. It doesn't matter if your offensive coordinator is terrible in today's NFL. You should be able to outperform that a little bit if you have Christian Kirk. But Travis Etienne's the third highest running back in scoring. So yeah. that, that's factor into awesome. where the volume is going. Good. Yeah, because they're taking it out of Trevor Lawrence's hands. Oh, I just thought that. I like that. I'm going to stick with that. Oh, I gave you a good, good, uh, <laughs> good, good line there, taking it out of his hands. Now, I was bored earlier today, sure. so I was going through an old episode from October 3rd because that's what I do. I'm psychotic. And one of the segments that we did, it was talking about, will they continue down the path of uh, lack of fantasy success or will they bounce back? And we talked about Dak Prescott and Trevor Lawrence. And all, uh, Mitch and myself, we both said who was more likely to struggle moving forward because of the, the different variables and metrics. We both said Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Dan, you were half right. You said both would come back. Uh, Dak certainly has, but uh, I'm I'm still not writing Trevor Lawrence off the way Mitch might be, and I'm probably in the middle here between you two fellas. But uh, Tony Pollard, re- let me just real quick. Go ahead. Twenty three point six percent breakaway percentage. It was forty three point seven last year. 2.7 yards after contact per attempt. It was, I think, 3.9 last year. 1.5% touchdown rate. It was 3.6 last year. 0.93 yards per route run. It was 1.51 last year. But he is coming off of that ankle surgery, right? It is there going to be an opportunity here to potentially buy low on Tony Pollard yeah, he's a free agent after this year. Yeah, he's going to be 27 years old. But I do think as time goes on, we get a little further away from that that ankle surgery. He has a nice rest-of-season schedule. And this offense, I you have to think they, they go to the run maybe a little bit more, but Dak has been absolutely on fire. So maybe it's not as much as Tony Pollard managers would like. But I do think... Tony Pollard has has been horrendous, especially compared to his efficiency metrics last year. But I think there are going to be opportunities, and it's got to be soon, 
to go out and acquire Tony Pollard at a potential discount. And the, the managers that might be willing to do so are the ones that have now slipped down the standings and they see a soon to be, you know, he turns 27 in April. I got to get this guy off my roster. Maybe I can get somebody to pay for him. If you can put a, a compelling package together, Tony Pollard's somebody that I might be looking at. Yeah, I, I think the buy low is definitely there. I mean, Dallas just scores 49 points and he only gets five, you know, five fantasy points. Enrico Dowdle sort of looked, you know, look, he did look better, but you know, I'm watching every Dallas game and you know, just the holes seem to be bigger for Rico Dottle. And I'm not defending him, but like there were just like running lanes that I probably could have snuck John Bauer through a few of them and, get, and got some positive, positive well, yards there. Really quick, does this not sound exactly like the Zeke Tony Pollard conversations? Verbatim. And, and, and not just from you, Dan, I mean from everybody. Like watching the games, like, looking at the, the metrics and from an analytical perspective last year. You're like, oh my god, like yeah, Tony Pollard's excelling and and then doing far better than Ezekiel Elliott. But just look at the look what's going on. Look at the uh less stack boxes, blah, blah, blah. But now Tony Pollard is kind of filling that plotter role. And I'm still on the record, even from last year, saying Zeke doesn't look as bad as people say, but he's more of a football player than a fantasy football player. Like I know the frustration, you know, what our expectations are. And uh, I think, you know, again, watching Dallas this year, they've been shuffling O-line. Other than the last couple of weeks, the O-line's finally starting to get healthy. They, there's, there's only like two games where they've had all five starting linemen. Um, and in that Eagles game where he had nine points only, Pollard, he had some explosive runs. Like the explosion is there. He just hasn't broken that big one yet. You know, he's trip up an ankle or like, you know, those kind of things. But this Dallas offense is different. This isn't a Kellen Moore offense anymore. And let me tell you, like the two games where he did score more this year, they lost. Um, you know, other than the Giants, they don't count week one. But D Dallas is going to be throwing. They are not going to stop throwing the football. Now, that statistically, they're kind of balanced. Like they're, the, I think last week's stats against the Giants, the pass to run ratio was kind of, was closer than you would think, but Dak is so efficient. I expect more three, 400 yard passing games. And I don't know how much Tony's going to go off John, but I, I would buy low. I think there's better production ahead. Isn't it funny though, coming into the season, a lot of the people thought that the passing offense was going to be lacking because Mike McCarthy's taken over. Oh, this team's going to run the ball. And I, I, I as, as the outsider, not, not the, the, the big time Dallas Cowboy fan that Dan is, they didn't have the running back room to do that. You know, Tony Pollard, I thought was going to get his and actually be more effective and efficient than what we've seen, but it's not, they don't have that strong one, two punch. So I thought they were going to throw. And that's why I had Dak and green on the spreadsheet all off season. And I've loved this last month, dude. I, I go to sleep with a smile on my face every freaking night. <laughs> I love how the narrative sticks. I, I have to listen to it every week with the Lions and Dan. Dan Campbell wants to run the ball. Dude, they've been passing an obscene amount for two seasons now. Like, believe it or not, coaches are allowed to change a little bit. But, Dan, let me ask you this. Let me ask you. Wouldn't it fix all of these issues very quickly if they just put Rico Dowdle in the Pollard role, put Pollard back in the role that he excelled at, for multiple years and just go that way. Let him be the change of pace back that he is so good at. Like, doesn't that just make just a little bit of sense that we know he's really good in that role. So let him excel in that role. 
if Dallas or, you know, do, do we believe in Rico Dowdle? Like he's never had that type of role. I mean, this is an undrafted running back that has yeah, just agreed. F- kind of flashed in his opportunities, had a big injury last year. So when he kind of was supposed to get his first opportunity, it didn't really come together. Um, Dowdle's 25 years old. I don't know how much, I don't know if it matters. I mean, they're, they're both kind of, it's true. It's true. You know, but I think from a dynasty perspective in general, we talked about the state of the running back position and like Keaton Mitchell with two good weeks. He's a top scorer. I don't want any running backs anymore. And that was kind of my closing thoughts. And maybe, maybe I'll save it there, but I have a, just a m- much different view of the running back position than you guys know. Years ago, I was building dynasty teams around those running backs. I'm like so far away from that. I'm not as extreme as zero running back, but boy, I'm getting closer. Yeah, right now. And we'll we'll go right into final thoughts here after this. Dak Prescott, when we brought it up on October 3rd, he was leading the NFL in red zone pass attempts. Surprise, surprise. Here we are. He has 56 red zone pass attempts. That's going to take away from the potential upside. I think Tony Pollard, he's got eight or nine carries inside the five. Hasn't necessarily. What's he at here? Uh he has nine carries inside the five, two touchdowns. That is not a great rate. You know, you have Eckler at 40%, Montgomery at 40%, McCaffrey at 60%. You have Pollard at 22% converting for, you know, his opportunities to get a touchdown inside the five. So, uh, but I do think, you know, how much of it is because of the the ankle, a little bit different role in the offense. Uh, I am going to go out and see if I can do anything to acquire some Pollard shares and, We'll see what happens. I'm sure I'm going to get told to uh, beat it, but we'll see. Final thoughts. All right, Dan, lead us off. Final thoughts, 224th episode. What do you got for our listeners? Week 10 in the books, headed on to week 11. A quick thought that I want no answer for. I'll just move on. But, like, where the heck's Jelani Woods here in week 11? How bad is that (laughs) hammering, guys? I am just like... It's like top secret, double probation. Like they can't even talk about it in Indianapolis. Like it's so bizarre. I feel like there's something else going on, but you know, I'm really wondering like the, the, the quarterback premium is so real, especially in super flex. You know, I cheat on you every week, John and Mitch with DFS and like the correlation of quarterbacks I could play and looking at those Vegas lines, man, they are the same premium quarterbacks we want in dynasty while the RB value is similar to the National Football League where you don't want to pay for those running backs, I don't want to pay for them in Dynasty. You don't need the Barclays and Henrys like you don't like you did before. So I look forward to future Dynasty Theory episodes, man, as we analyze and break down these positions because it is, it's just getting heavier, I feel, every year in this passing-heavy NFL. I mean, we were talking about the 24 draft class in the Discord the other day, and – uh, Mitch, you and I talked about on the pivot point. It was uh, the conversation was started because of uh, what Kev posted from the Devi Royale. And, you know, before it was like we won our, our first, second, third round, third round in the NFL draft running backs. Now it's like, do we want any of them? Do, j- just get your quarterbacks, get your tight ends, get your wide receivers, and figure out running back later. I mean, this past week, Brian Robinson in PPR was running back one. Singletary, three. Jalen Warren, eight. Uh, Deontay Foreman, 14. Gibson, 15. Latavius Murray, 16. Rico Dowdle, 18. 
Case in point to exactly what Dan was talking about with his DFS. He's picking up Rico Donald for $3,000. You know? There's a path. Mitch, what do you got? Final thoughts for our listeners. Man, Josh Allen does not look like he's having fun. Right? Like, for anyone that watched that game, and this isn't a go trade Josh Allen. This isn't his values can drop off a cliff. But that offense doesn't look good. And then they have the Jets next, then the Eagles, then the Chiefs, then the Cowboys. I know they fired their offensive coordinator today because somehow it's his fault that players can't hold on the ball and they like to fumble. And Josh Allen throws some of the worst interceptions in the league. But, like, I don't know how it helps. And this is the time to where we want Josh Allen winning us games, making us, helping us get in the playoffs. I don't know if Josh Allen is helping anyone get into the playoffs. I know they're explosive, right? They're good. I just, I just worry, man. Like they're, he's dynasty two right now. He should be quarterback two, but I don't, I don't love it. And I listen, these guys need to have the mental toughness, but Mitch, let me ask you a question. Oh, okay. If you're going to work every day, yep. if you're, if you're joining us in the podcast and, and, and we work together here on the show, and I, I would like to say we work together closely each and every single day. If every time we interact, you have to worry, is John going to lose a gasket? Is he going to blow a gasket? Yep. Is he going to lose it on me? Is he going to flip out? I, that, I think that weighs in the back of your mind. And, it, you know, Stefan Diggs, you see them on the sideline. And, and don't, say, don't say that I mistreat you because I don't. Okay. okay but keep going. <laughs> No, 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 but you know, like I, I know I started off saying you need to have this mental toughness. Yeah. But you say it doesn't look like he's having fun. If you're getting bitched at nonstop by your teammates who are supposed Dude, to have you bet. I know. That's my thing. This isn't a Josh Allen hate piece. I love Josh Allen. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, if not my favorite quarterback in the NFL. But I just feel bad for the dude, and I don't think it's getting better in the next four weeks. And that's head coaching too, man. The OC was the fall yes. guy today. The head coach is next if they don't get that shit fixed, man. it's He's too talented of a quarterback for that team to struggle like they are. Well, what happens when Ben Johnson's there next year? Oh, Lord. that's oh, Hey, well, let me ask. Let, let's say let's say the Giants completely good on the, the, the crapper here as expected. Dable gets fired. Let's nope. say McDerm- McDermott isn't fired and he stays there the re- till next season. Is it crazy to see him come back as the OC? Oh, absolutely not. I can see that happen immediately. Yep. I, I, I don't was think he'll get fired that. in New York, though. I don't think he is either, but the narrative's there. Just let me tell that story. All right. <laughs> this is a fun episode. Went a little bit over, but we haven't talked in a while. It's good to have all three of us here. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed the show. Hopefully, the first 10 weeks are in the books and you're you're going strong. Your teams are playing well. And week 11, it's going to be a good one. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll catch you everybody next week. Thanks.